0: to another episode of Drop the Mix Hockey Podcast, brought to you in partnership with Primetime Productions. Um, we've got some very exciting news um, for this episode. Um, we can get into it, you know, throughout the episode, but we have a new, I have a new co-host. Uh, couldn't be more excited to have uh, my buddy Tommy Bennett on. Um, he's a big Devils guy. He, Brilliant hockey guy. Um, couldn't, couldn't be more, you know, happier to have him on as my co-host now um tommy how you doing buddy
1: i'm doing good man it's a good tuesday a lot of good sports on today you know got the world series see nathan valdy maybe you know close it out in the clincher and got some good tnt hockey on tonight
0: man this this this, uh philly buffalo game right now man it's a battle i already saw torts fucking blow a gasket so
1: (laughs) dude philly philly's actually doing surprisingly well
0: yeah and they really are yeah, just in watching this game, dude, like they are not as trash as I thought they were. So last um, year
1: last year they started hot, but their metrics were horrible. And it's like, okay, you knew they're gonna cool down at some point, but they're starting out hot, but their metrics are better. So at least they're competing.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Um
1: before we get into
0: any, you know, hockey talk and and you know, right now, um, I think it's best that we do a tribute for uh Adam Johnson, who obviously the hockey world was shocked, um, this weekend, um, devastating accident that happened. Um, something, every hockey player's worst nightmare, right? Um, just a horrible, horrible thing that happened and, um, definitely want to offer our condolences, um, to his family and friends. Um, just a fucking horrible, horrible accident, man. Um as soon as I, I pulled my phone up man and then saw all the you know the story you know saw the story i couldn't fucking believe yeah. it right it's just crazy it's it's crazy that it doesn't happen more yeah. um, obviously when it when it does happen it's it strikes everyone you know all hockey fans players everyone everyone mm-hmm. affected um, so like i said we want to offer our condolences um, to his family his friends and yeah rest in peace adam it's awful awful story
1: yeah, I mean thoughts thoughts go out to his friends, his family, even the the other player that was involved, you know, yeah. I hope that player, you know, can I mean it's it's tough. I just you know, I hope he can just still manage to just go through his day to day life. I mean, just a horrible, tragic accident and just rest in peace, Adam.
0: Yeah, dude. Like you you know, I'm glad you mentioned the uh the other player, man. Um just I, I can't even imagine what what he's going through. Um Obviously, like, there's a lot of shit, like fucking, you know, social media. That's kind oh of- yeah.
1: I mean, it's like one of those things. Like, you don't. There's like a time and place for everything. Like, I, I believe, like, there's just a time and place for everything, and like, it's not the time to like sit here and like give your opinion on the matter. Like, it, you know, someone just lost their life playing the sport they love the most in a really tragic accident. Just give the condolences to to that. Person, his teammates, his, you know, his friends, you know, just, just kind of leave it at that. I mean, you know, we don't we don't need to live in, you know, give your opinion on it, your take on it. It's just, you know, I yeah. think like one, I think one radio show they they were talking about like was it incidental? It's like I, really like are we really gonna go there? Like,
0: yeah, you know, and and like I said, man, I not that I can ever put my myself in Matt Peckgrave's shoes. No, Um, obviously, like, you know, the game for anyone who is well versed in the game of hockey, you know, that the the game happens so fast. Things happen so fast that I can't even imagine what he's going through and and the the mental toll. This is he's going to be affected the rest of his life by this. Uh, It's it's
1: sad. It's sad across the board, you know, for, for everybody involved and then for everyone behind the scenes. Like, it's just a sad, tragic accident and incident. Yeah, so
0: like you said, man, we just want to, you know, here it. Drop the mitts. offer our condolences to um, Adam Johnson's family, you know, all his friends. We offer, we also want, you know, we're thinking about Matt Peckgrave and, and what he's going through and just, we'll leave it at that, man. It's just a horrible, horrible incident. Um, but we'll kind of, kind of transition from that. And uh, obviously we've had a lot of hockey news happen this week. It seems like every week, man, some crazy shit's happening. Most. Well, Ottawa,
1: the Ottawa Senators are you know just turning into the team that just decided not to be normal for the first month of hockey
0: i so. was going to say man yeah it's like <laughs> yeah, there's, shit, there's shit happening every week but it, it seems like the common denominator is the Ottawa Senators you know person. somehow
1: somehow some way by the grace of god they've made the front pages for all the wrong reasons they're first the Shane Pinto thing now breaking today we learned
0: that the Ottawa Senators are gonna lose a first round draft pick. And obviously Dorian has been, you know, he stepped down, we'll call it. Um, whatever that means. Yeah, whatever and whatever that entails. Yeah, dude. And and just like some of the just what what is happening in Ottawa, man? Like you're you're a little more, you know, you got a buddy who's kind of plugged in there. Like what what is going on in Ottawa? I
1: don't know what they're trying to do. Like obviously they got new ownership. So they have like a new ownership group. But Dorian has made a lot of questionable decisions over the last few years. Like, you go back – I mean, go back to the the DeBrinket trade. Like, you you bring him in, which is fine. Like, you feel like you need added scoring? Absolutely. He was coming off, I think, a 78-point season and had 30-plus goals. So adding him to your lineup isn't a bad idea. But you gave – what you gave up for him – not only that but he comes in has somewhat of a down year and then he doesn't want to sign he basically doesn't want to play second fiddle he wants to be a top line winger and now you see what he's doing on the top line in Detroit so your value for DeBrinkert in return isn't what you gave up so it's just sort of a yeah questionable decision on on your part of in terms of asset management
0: right and what's what's crazy about that is like yeah, exactly. You look at some of these trades, right? And you're just like, "What in the hell is like?" I I don't understand. But then, you also look at some of these free um, draft picks, man. Like, granted, they were high draft picks, but he's hit some pretty pretty big home runs, right? Yeah. Talk oh yeah, hundred percent. Tim Stutzle, Brady Kachuk, Jake Sanderson. Now is looking like a like he's going to compete for a Norse Trophy. Stutzle,
1: Stutzle, to me is is the best player taken in that draft. Yeah, I, I think if we, to, if we were to – If we were to – I think – I'd be curious what people thought and what the result would be. If, if you did a redraft, I guarantee you Stutzler would go number one. like I couldn't agree with you more. Like, Lafreniere I don't think is a bad talent. I, I I have my own thoughts on the Rangers that I've literally argued with people before. Byfield I don't think was a bad talent either and he's actually played better on the wing instead of the center position but Stutzle is just a different he's just in a different tier man like
0: yeah, I agree dude and and like you said I don't think it's close for me like just looking back at that draft Stutzle's going one yeah I I, I like Byfield and obviously Lafreniere is getting a little more of an opportunity this year Oh um, yeah he's
1: looked really good to start the year
0: He has man he's had a couple nice goals and
1: he's playing with Hedo and Panarin which is kind of what they should have done to begin with but they they like rushed the rebuild but at least he's getting his opportunity it's like he's not going to get it on the third line you got to like yeah you got to
0: well again you're talking about the number 1 overall pick in the draft dude like and then you're going to you're going to bury him on third line with the overall pick
1: my kid just opened the door <laughs>
0: He wants to talk hockey with us, dude. He
1: chucked, um, he chucked something down the stairs and it like opened the door.
0: <laughs> I'm the bits with you, dude. <laughs> but uh, yeah, dude, like you know, Capo Kako and Lafreniere were both buried on that third line, right? And it's like you have two top two picks that are getting third line minutes. It's like, what is going on here? So the like, problem
1: is I think like the one year, I forgot what year it was. They kind of like, I'm not saying they overachieved, but they kind of like overachieved. Like they, they were competing really hard. They fought for a good playoff position. And basically ownership was like, okay, like we got to win. Like <laughs> let's yeah. start being really competitive. And then they started going all in. It's like, you rush the rebuild with these kids. It's like, you know, let them develop and be, these players that you drafted them to be and like the caliber of talent that you took one and two, you know, overall in those respective drafts.
0: Yeah. This, and you know, what's crazy kind of pivoting back to the the Ottawa thing is the this is a huge time for them, dude. Like they are on the cusp. we you know, we've talked uh, Mikey and I on previous episodes that three teams, you know, in the, in the Atlantic that are very close, right. Buffalo, we've talked about, Ottawa and Detroit. And now you're talking about the fact that, that Ottawa is going to lose a first-round pick. That's, like, pivotal, dude.
1: The only thing that's nice about that, which I don't think there's a nice way to put it, but they get to choose which draft they think they give up the pick. It's either 24, 25, or 26. And, and they're, they're
0: I don't know how they're going to decide that, dude. And they have to decide it, I think, before, is it 24 hours before this year's draft? They have to make that decision?
1: I've, I don't know. I didn't read the article. I didn't see, like. Yeah. So I'd be curious to see because it's like, well, like, how, how do you even make that decision, right? I wonder so, if, like, you look at the draft class, like, is it a strong class? Is it a weak class? Like, is it a class worth giving up a first four? Like, or what are we losing yeah. by giving it up? Like, is there a pro? Or is it a look? Like, this year's draft was loaded. Oh, my God. Like, this year's draft was insane. Like, you could have had, like, I think the I don't even remember when the Rangers picked, but they ended up with Perot. I'm like, that's that's still a that's still a good pick. Gabe and you picked in the twenties.
0: Yeah, he's lighting it up in PC right now. And he again, yeah. It's
1: it's like that would have been a kick in the pants if they lost a pick in that draft. So I wonder if they get to choose based on like who's coming up and like where they would maybe draft. I don't know how that works. I, I don't think you could decide to, well, we decided this draft class isn't worth it. So let's just go ahead and hand it over.
0: We'll try the next
1: one. Yeah, we'll try the next one. That'll be fine. But
0: you gotta think based on where they are as a team. Although now this could like really change. We had talked right before we, you know, hit record, talking about well, what's gonna happen with guys like Brady Kachuk, Captain of Ottawa. Like again, his brother left Calgary, like well, is there a chance that he possibly leaves to to come back to the state?
1: Well, we can pivot this to the GM thing because Dorian is gone. I believe Steos is the interim or he's going to kind of take over, but there are rumors. I don't know if it's official. I haven't seen it, but I've seen it float around for more than a week now that Peter Shirelli is a candidate to take over in Ottawa. And as a Bruins fan, my condolences, my condolences. There's no way. And if he makes really bad decisions there, like, yeah, you do wonder like, is, is enough going to be enough? Like, you know, when is enough enough? Like he's not going to waste the prime years of his career if they're not going to flip the switch. No. And and honestly, dude,
0: I, obviously he is nowhere to the extent of a guy like Mike Babcock, right? Like obviously two completely different. Yeah.
1: Just two different,
0: but what I'm saying is, is how do these guys keep fucking getting jobs? I, I can't for the life of me understand, right? You're starting to see former players that actually know, right? That have my, the Mike Greers, the Danny Briers, they're starting to get these opportunities. But again, we're once again talking about Peter mm-hmm. Shirelli getting a job. I can't for the life of me understand it.
1: He's actually in St. Louis. I forget what his role is there. I think he's – I don't know if he's the assistant manager or assistant. To, I, I, I know he has a role with the Blues.
0: But, to the regional manager.
1: But, like <laughs> – <laughs> <laughs> But this is a guy that traded the first and second overall picks in 2010 for a bag of pucks, basically.
0: Yeah. Like, I, he
1: traded Sagan for essentially nothing. Dude, I, he traded Taylor Hall for Adam Larson one for one. Why? Like those two trades alone should be alarming for a core group that's trying to make the jump. That's just my personal opinion on it. Like if you're a team that's trying to get over the hump, you do have pieces in place. Young, why would you bring in? Why would you bring in that guy? Man, he's gonna trade. He's gonna trade Chickren for like a for like Derek Forbert. I like. Like, yeah, why I would you, do that. like, why would you want that guy leading the charge? Like, did anyone not see the Edmonton tenure? Yeah. As fu- it, like, as look, he he helped deliver a championship. Now, Gordon laid the foundation, but he put on the fi- the finishing touches. But dude, the contracts he gave out towards the end were so albatross that it like. You, you really didn't know what the future of the Bruins is gonna look like. Like why would you want that guy to be in charge of
0: your hockey team? Well, you know, and, and just just kind of going back to the you know, these former players that are starting to get opportunities, a guy that I think would be a phenomenal fit, Jason Spezza. Why are we not? Oh, yeah, he's with he's why with he's with Dubis right now, right? In Pittsburgh? Yeah. Yeah. Why are we not talking about this guy getting an opportunity? He played for the Senators, right? What? And you're going to go back to Sh- – it makes no sense to me. You're setting yourself up for failure at this point. I
1: wonder if Spezza would – I think he would He would maybe be inclined to take it, or maybe he's just learning the ropes right now like Briere did. Like Briere basically spent all that time in Philly, and then he finally got the job.
0: Yeah, and like I said, what better guy to learn from than Dubas, man? Like, say what you want about him. he's a He's a good GM.
1: I don't think I don't think his entire tenure in Toronto was bad, to be honest. I think he made some moves that hindered the franchise a little bit, but he also made some really good trades that really like helped kind of shape the roster out a little bit. You know, I and I think he if we're
0: looking at it and honestly, we aren't Toronto fans or whatever, we're just outsiders looking in. So it's I feel like he put them he gave them every opportunity to succeed, right? I mean, a roster that loaded, man, like, and you just can't get it done. Obviously, they've had serious goaltending issues. Like, they still if, do. They still the problem, do. The,
1: I feel. I feel like they put all the blame on Frederick Anderson. But if you look back, dude, his workload was insane. No wonder why he like flopped in the playoffs. He was out of gas. Yes.
0: Yeah, you know, and this kid they have coming up, man, Joseph Wall. Dude. I he's. Man, he I just play.
1: I just wrote the preview for tomorrow for uh prime time and I'm curious who they put in net tomorrow because one goalie is not good and the other goalie is very good and the goalie that's very good is wool. So Swayman leads the league in goals saved above expected with 7.5. Wool has 7.4. Yeah, and he's got a goals against average below two. His not his save percentage is 942. He's good. Samsonov's having a tough year.
0: Yeah, he's been struggling, man. And like I said, can you imagine what relief if if they decide to roll with Wall, dude? Like, again, this is a not?
1: He played in the playoffs, and he played good. Why not? Yeah,
0: like, roll with him, dude. I don't don't
1: roll roll with it. Like, you have a kid that's playing.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I can continue to give Samsonov opportunities, but it's like you know exactly what you're getting. Like, nothing's going to change. I don't know. Like you
1: don't but, want Samsonov to cost you in the playoffs because you don't want to play a kid. Just ride it out. Like if he's playing that well, like just let him play. They played the same amount of games, just do what's very working. different results.
0: Do what's working for you. And and something I wish the Bruins did last playoff run is do what's working.
1: Roll I, what's working. I, I will net like it Ty Anderson said it the best. And it was like in it was it was getting close to the playoffs, and he said it the best. Like, yeah, you know what? It is untraditional, but it's working so just got, do it got you the record just do All it. wins you know and I you see them doing it this year yeah They're doing the same thing like it's it's really every other game
0: yeah and, and I honestly I don't see Monty making the same mistake twice um
1: I know but last year was a real real uh well yeah. last year was just weird like my father-in-law came over and Like, he looks in my basement because I got a bunch of hockey jerseys just, like, hung up around, like, the basement. It's just, like, me and my son's, like, little man den, basically. And he was just like, man, how how many games did they win last year? And I was like, I think, like, 65. Like, it was just absurd. He's like, how do you win 65 games and have that kind of exit? I'm like, here, I'm going to tell you why. I was like, first of all, they got they were healthy all year. They started getting hurt in March. You had Lingholm with a broken ankle. Olmark had whatever was wrong with him that Monty ignored, and then Bergeron had a uh, whatever with his back. Krejci yeah. was hurt. I'm like, so basically, no one was hurt all year until the end of the season. Yeah, and then they and then they played like shit. Everyone's like, they're doing great. I'm like, yeah, it's March, and they're basically winning games while looking really bad. Yeah, but that was just the theme of the season. You're starting to
0: kind of see the same thing. Obviously, they're starting really hot, but we are getting bit by the injury bug a little bit. So, it kind of – we'll get into that a little bit. Like, obviously, we got hit with a a brutal suspension, right?
1: I was deserved. It was – There was no sense in making that play. Like – What's crazy about it,
0: dude, is I was going through looking at other suspensions that have occurred right at the beginning of this year. One that – another four game that happened was – Rasmus on Line, Right? On Patrick Line. A. And I look at that and I'm like, okay, like consistency, right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Four games. And you look at Connor Clifton, right, on Nico Heischer. That was a two-gamer. Yeah. You know, and, and honestly, McAvoy, let's call it for what it is. He does have history, right? Like, yeah, that's
1: what I was about to say. I was like, he has a history, and I'm sure they factor that into it
0: you know he's gotten fined for the slu- the slew foot in, in 2022 2019 i believe it was on Josh Anderson he's gotten fined for tri- for it was a fine for tripping didn't he get a one game for a hit
1: on Josh- was that Josh Anderson i think i can't remember but i i think someone said he got like one game for for like a a hit to the head like something yeah. something similar to this
0: i believe it was the Josh Anderson in 2019 but like again it's you look at the play and like the consensus was from Bruins Twitter, right? It's like, why the hell are you doing that? What yeah. what, was even, what was even the point of that? So, you know what? You can argue that, well, Ekman Larson had his head down, right? And, and he was just skating through. No, he leaned up, dude, and made yeah. sure that made contact with him. Not to mention the puck wasn't even close to him.
1: Yeah, and I, I get moving to the front of the net. I get, you know, we're in the offensive zone. They're buzzing. I mean, and I get trying to get a goal. Like, the game's tied but you you don't make that play. You don't do like, there was no reason to do that. Like if you want to set up body position, set it up, but you're not sending a message by, by making that hit. And now you're suspended four games and it's a rightfully deserved suspension. Like, I mean, if you know, play stupid games, win stupid prizes, like it's a shame because not only is he out, but Matt Grizzlick's out for a few weeks so you're right. down your top pair.
0: Right. And so that kind of – now we're we're seeing, you know, the Bruins made a couple moves today, bringing up three defensemen. Uh, yeah. Matt looks going to be heading to the LTIR. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now we saw Parker, Watherspoon, Mason Lowry, and Ian Mitchell get called up. Um, and wow, Monster,
1: Zaboral didn't get called I, I guess the Zaboral experiment's over.
0: That's exactly what I was about to say. Man. Ian
1: Mitchell has not looked
0: great. No, and and what's crazy about it, dude, is, yeah, you said you said it best, man. I think this whole experiment is is over, right? I mean, he's he's, Brett commented on my tweet saying that you know Zaboro's getting he's on the third pair in Providence, right?
1: That's and bad.
0: It is bad, and it, it even man, I, he's shown flashes, right? Like, but he, uh, he, his health has hindered his development. 100 percent and you know what that's not to say that zaboro can't go to another team and get another opportunity i just think his time here is faded it's
1: yeah because the amount of prospects like on the blue line just fighting for spots it's like there's other guys that could either do the same thing he can do or they're climbing further up the chart right hundred so speak and so who are the what are the pairs gonna be so,
0: if I ha- so, based on what – it was Connor Ryan that came out with it today saying that Mason Lowry was going to be paired with Brandon Carlo. Good. Getting, getting top pair minutes, which is exactly what I want to see. I don't want to see him on the third pair with Kevin Shattenkirk. No offense. Kevin Shattenkirk's no slouch. He's a very good veteran. No, but
1: if – but so, Carlo and Lowry played in the preseason, and they they played very strong
0: together they complement each other very yes. well. We were just talking about Brandon Carlo's game, stay-at-home defenseman, again a very safe defenseman. I love that for Mason Lowry. Mason yes, Lowry I mean. is very good taking the puck, taking things upon himself and breaking the puck out himself, right? And his, petty... skating, his skating is great and you know he's a former forward obviously, so yeah, his mm-hmm. skating is is great and
1: and he's I, a rookie. He's gonna have miscues, but that's where Carlo can come in, and he can, you know, just pick up pick up on those miscues and just kind of cover for him. Yeah, and, and so
0: and I'm I'm gonna look it up. I think Parker Watherspoon's gonna be in as well. I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. So, wow. so it would it be Shattenkirk and Lindholm? If I had to guess, I'm a, I'm trying to look through it right now because I know Connor Ryan um, at the morning skate this um, this morning he had posted the practice line. So yeah, right now we're looking at. I don't know if this is actually like you know we talk about first line, second line, third line, whatever. Yeah, I think with this team, that's not really the case. I think it's pretty much just
1: there's three lines that you can really roll. Get the fourth line out there for some juice and
0: yeah. So right. Uh, I just pulled up – this is from uh, Fluto Shinzawa um, this morning. Hampus, um, Lindholm, and Shattenkirk listed as the first pair. Okay. Um, I like that. Lowry and Carlo, and then Watherspoon and Mitchell. Um, I don't know how you would divvy Wait. that out. Wait, where's Derek Forbert? So Derek Forbert didn't skate this morning. Neither did Brad Marchand.
1: Oh well. They, have, okay. they haven't
0: announced yet if Forbert's going to play. It's looking like he probably is going to play. Okay. Um, obviously, by the time this episode gets released, we'll know. <laughs> like, yeah. but if I had to guess, it's probably going to be, you know, Forbert and Mitchell, which that's fine. I, I'm fine with. That um, fine, the offense line obviously. They they had uh, Patra and Zaka um, Pasta. Um, Danton Heinen, Coyle, DeBrusque, JVR, Geeky, Frederick, love that line. And then Beecher, Brown, and Steen. Bro, this Patrick Brown thing is starting to, like, I I can't for the life of me
1: understand it. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what he does that they're like, we need this guy. (laughs) We need him.
0: It's a veteran, it's a veteran presence. Because obviously tomorrow we're going to be playing guys like Revo. We're going to be playing guys like Bertuzzi. We're going to be playing. And I'm not saying that he can match up with them. But at least he's going to be in that locker room with those kids to calm them down, right, and to kind of, like, keep them on their track and keep them playing their game. Um, Because Revo's really good at doing that, man. He's a really good aggravator. All those guys are. Don't forget that they brought in Max Domi. We just brought up Bertuzzi. You know, they they know what they're doing.
1: They did get tougher.
0: They did for sure, man. That that was another aspect that they were kind of missing in their game, right? It was toughness. Well,
1: yeah. Ever since ever since they traded Kadri, they they just haven't had it, and that's what Kadri did. Like susp- suspensions aside, Kadri's a phenomenal hockey player. Oh, he's and an he agit- brings that top, tough- and he play. brings that toughness, and he's that agitated. He's like there. He was there, Brad Marshall. Yeah, absolutely. Basically. And it's like you lose a guy like that and they've just been trying to find it since then. Whether it works or not is a different story, but they have it. Yeah. This hey. is a game where this is a game where you miss Milan Lucic.
0: Oh man, I I can't even begin to tell you how excited I was for a Revo Lucic belt because I think everybody wanted
1: it. Like everybody wanted that center ice like the old days like like when he Beat up, by, what was it, commissaric at center ice, and then just oh up the crowd. That's what we wanted with Revo in the centennial centennial jerseys. Like, let's go! Like, this is a huge game. Like, start aside. Like, I mean, everyone's had this game circled on the calendar. It don't matter if the Bruins are one and eight. Flip, flip the flip the the record. I mean, it doesn't matter. This game is like, you know, the Toronto's coming to town. Like, that's that that has a lot of weight to it.
0: Yeah, it's a huge game, dude. And like, yeah, you know, we're talking, what, 10 games in. And, yeah, it's a huge game. Like, this is a huge test for us. Like, obviously, we're down significant pieces. Yeah. But I'm curious to see what the compete level is and how Brad Marchand with – let's face it, man, there's there's adversity right now, right, with injuries, suspension. I want to see how Brad Marchand can kind of rally the troops and how they respond in a game like this. Because, man, they could easily go in there – absolutely shit the bed The start you know i think think
1: it's going to come down to defense i I think like as as stingy as the bruins have been like with their defense it's like you're down two pretty significant pieces and that's kind of your success right now like you're you're built on low scoring games and defense and goaltending and even though you're averaging three goals a game you know toronto can toronto can easily score six if they really feel like it
0: yeah so man Kind of to, obviously, Austin Matthews in town and, and you being a big Devils guy, I got to ask you, who do you think is the best American-born player right now? Right now in this, I know my pick right now, man. I think you're going to be probably really pleased with it. I think Jack Hughes
1: is the best American-born yeah. player right right now. Like I, like, this season, I think Jack Hughes has been the best player just all season. Like, what he's done historically is absolutely huge. Like, what he's done through the first six games is something only Mario Lemieux and Wayne Gretzky did. Well, if you're a new hockey fan, those are arguably the two greatest players that ever put on skates and played the sport that we're talking about. Yeah, so, you know, for, for, for you to be in conversation with those guys, that's a pretty big deal. And the most points through... I want to say it was like 14 through six. It was like the first person to do it since Mario Lemieux in 2000 and 2001. Which is That's outrageous. That's kind of nuts. Like, I think he's on pace. Like, it sounds exaggerating, but I think he's on pace for like 200 points. Like, obviously, that's not sustainable. No one's going to do that. Like, Connor McDavid didn't even do that last year, and he was on a ridiculous run. Yeah. But Jack Hughes, he really took it personally. He didn't get 100 points, and he's going to hit 100 points this year.
0: Oh, without a doubt, man. And, and honestly, I was listening to uh, the Empty Netters boys, and they brought up a really good point, man. Like, he's always been a, a pretty confident person, yeah. right? Like, it just seems this year he's taken a completely different step, man. The playoffs. Yeah, and you know what? Get built him. And I I forgot who they were playing, man. The patience that he had, it, it was in overtime. The goal that he scored, I don't know if you I'm trying to remember who they were playing, and he just—is it this year? This year, he—he he was kind of wheeling around, wheeling around in the uh, offensive the zone. Islanders, Island—it was the Islanders, and dude, he's just the confidence that it takes to just hold the puck and just wheel around like you're not playing against other NHL players. And then to finish it, it's like this dude is on another level
1: right now. The weirdest, the weirdest thing about all that is like he he does it slowly, and then he just hits like lightning and just goes. Yeah. It's it's just ridiculous what he's doing. He, he's arguably the team's best player right now, and he's gonna have to be that player because Nico Heashey is out now for no one knows he's not traveling. Yeah. So, but Hughes is Hughes is on a different level, man.
0: Yeah, we had the you know Mikey and I talked about this earlier about what you know right now the Hart Trophy is the Connor McDavid Trophy, right? I mean that that it's just the way it is. And what would it take for a guy like Jack Hughes to win this trophy? I think for the pace that he's on, it also would take the Devils winning the Metro. I think, right? And that's if mm. McDavid comes back in his his usual yeah season. yeah. You know, I think it would take Jack Hughes on the same pace that he's on. Also, the Devils winning the Metro, yeah, I think is what it would take, and, and that's not even the craziest part about this. Is by the end of the year, we could be talking about three Hughes brothers winning awards in the NHL, which is yeah. I I can't even fathom that. Not two brothers. Two brothers has never hasn't even happened. We're talking three brothers for the Hart, the Norris, and the Calder, which. We, we haven't even talked begin to talk about luke
1: hughes yet too i mean he's he's, he's he's luke hughes is right now second in points among rookies quinn hughes leads all defensemen in points and jack hughes leads the league in points it's just fruit for, for I, thought fruit for, for no, thought that's what i'm
0: saying man and just watching even you know you being a huge devils guy you can probably speak to it better than i can but like I have been able to watch Jack or uh, sorry Luke Hughes. I was really disappointed, man, that I didn't get to see him at the Prospect Challenge. He was there, didn't dress up. Yeah, he, to, he didn't dress up. Yeah, I was he, like, he just God. he saved all his
1: ammo for uh, training camp,
0: dude. And I saw so I saw him standing by the Zamboni. I think it was I forgot what day it was that I texted you, and I'm like, dude, he's playing, like he's here, like he's uh, he's standing at the Zamboni with he was talking with Simone Nemich. I'm like, he's going to play. They're going to be paired together. They're going to light it up. <laughs> never like I was like, man. Aww, that would but, be fun. Uh, Yeah, that was a cock tease. But, yeah, dude, he's unreal. Like, And I was kind of surprised that Simone Nemich didn't make it either. I, I don't know. I
1: mean, you kind of called it, though. He he had – he didn't have a bad preseason. Like, he, he showed really good flashes offensively. Like, he was really good in the zone. He could toe the blue line. He was good with the puck. He had good vision. He was making plays, crisp passes, but he just got caved in badly defensively. Like, it was to the point where it's like, that's a scary rookie pairing. If you just put Luke Hughes and Nemich together, like, that's not a good way to start the
0: year. Like, you don't like want I'm
1: to do that. These cannons, dude, like,
0: I don't know. I feel like they get caught a lot. I don't know. I It's hard to say, man, but, like, again – you even said it, man. He he's not ready, and he's probably the most he's probably the closest to ready, right? Yeah. In that organization,
1: um, as far as like rookie defensemen go, but he's I think he's like the he's the next in line to basically make the jump, and I think eventually he's going to. It may be this year if he, if they think he's ready, but Fitzgerald already said like I'm not going to rush him. Like they're yeah. just going to take their they don't need to they don't have to they're, it's not. Yeah. It's not dude. imminent to, to rush him. And uh, you know, kind of
0: kind of staying on that path of like defense devil's defenseman. Did you by chance get to see that clip with uh Kevin or Chris Rooney and Kevin Ball?
1: I don't think I saw that one. Dude,
0: I, I have to share it with you, and I'm gonna share it in this. It just was it was the funniest. He he literally I think they were playing Buffalo, and him and Kyle Ok were in like a scuffle.
1: Penalty. Oh yeah.
0: He was already being called, and he's like Chris Rooney just, he was mic'd up, dude. Hot mic comes on. He's like, literally like grabs Kevin Paul's jersey. <laughs> a penalty. And Kevin Paul just looked at him like, yeah, you're right. Like <laughs> it, was, it was literally the funniest hot mic moment I, I've heard this year. It was, it was hilarious. But yeah, he's another guy I was watching too, that I wanted to bring up that I, I like him dude. He's, he's a guy that, isn't the flashiest, but like he's a good stay-at-home defenseman, consistent. Oh yeah, I didn't really see him make any bad plays that made him a liability, at least in the yep. game I was watching. But yeah, man, I, I'm excited about the Devils this year. Like they're honestly the they're pro- they're my number one team in the Metro. There's
1: uh, there's definitely some concerns early on. I'll say that. Yeah, th- cool. it's uh, it, it's. Goaltending is one of them. It's it's inconsistent. It's subpar. Um, I mean, Vtex not horrible. His his underlying stats are not great. Uh, both goaltenders are mm, pretty bad. Yeah. Got to make got to make a save at some point. Like you can't you can't like some of the goals you watch. It's like okay, like you gotta like at some point you gotta make a fucking save. Like you gotta stop the fucking puck. Like that's your job. Yeah. You know, and that's and that's like it's one of those things. Like, it was a controversial question all year long. Like, in the summer, like, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Well, it's like, okay, well, what are you going to do? Like, if this keeps up, like, if you're trying to win a Stanley Cup, like, I don't know if these are the guys that are going to get it done. Yeah. And, and just in thinking
0: about it, I feel like they're going to be a team come, come deadline time where, man, I'd love to see them go grab a guy like John Gibson
1: or, Gibson would be fine with the Devils because there's a system in front of them that's good enough, and he can at least make a save. I would call Nashville and see what they want for UC Soros. Dude, that's going to be a package. They have Askarov. I mean, at this point, the Devils are competing. It's not like they're going to be a basement dweller. They don't need to hoard prospects forever. I mean, heck, you kept all your good ones in the Timo Meyer deal. Yeah, no, that's like, true. my Greer got a very underwhelming package for him
0: which people were kind of questioning, right? Because it was like one of his first moves being in there and it was definitely questionable because I was like, well, I feel like I feel like they really hyped it up beforehand, right? Where so were... Carol
1: so Carolina was in the mix and then they bowed out and then after the deal was made, I was like, why couldn't Carolina make that trade? Why? Their prospect pool is just as talented. They're in a much more win now mode than the Devils are. Yeah. Why wouldn't you make that move? Like you have the ammo. Like why didn't you pull it? Like unless they just wanted a certain prospect that they didn't want to budge on. But yeah, you know, and just kind
0: of going back to the
1: Nashville thing, it's
0: a good point. I forgot they still had Askarov.
1: They have him. I, I mean, there's no telling like what he'll do, and he got so much, <clears throat> so much draft capital in the Geno deal. It's like, man, oh if you God, if you don't, don't even remind me of that trade, that trade was so funny when it broke. I was like, dude, you just like set, like I mean, good for good for Nashville, but if you're Tampa, it's like, dude, really, like, well, I, <laughs> like I mean, I get getting the guy, but not for that much.
0: Well, they probably <laughs> knew that the, that first round pick or whatever. However, you know, they're all going to be towards the end of the the you know set round. Yeah. But even yeah. still, man, like that dude hasn't, isn't doing anything. Like
1: he had a, he had a record, he had a career year the year before, but like he was brutal last year. Well, they then he was hurting the playoffs. So he didn't do anything. It just yeah, like, I mean, he he gave up a lot. lot.
0: Yeah. I, like, correct me if I'm wrong. They haven't been like a third, fourth line role, which like so, in that I'm pretty sure he played top six minutes.
1: So I did a, I was on a Twitter space with, I think like Shakri started it. Sh- you, you, do you follow Shakri? Shakri, right? Yes. I was on a Twitter space with him and we were just like shooting the shit and we were all talking. And I was like, Tampa Bay is just trying to replicate that third line that they lost after that last cup. They don't have Yanni Gord. They don't have Blake Coleman. They don't have Barclay Goodrow. And they're trying to replicate that because that line was so impactful. Oh my God. I remember Rangers fan looking at me. They're like, and they're, I was, they're like, man, they pay Goodrell a lot of money. I was like, yeah, but look what he did in Tampa Bay. You're bring, you're paying for that intangible factor of how much he impacted that team in the playoffs. That's what you're paying for.
0: Yeah, and and look at it, man. All those, all those guys went on to get huge contracts
1: for the Yanni Yanni Gord is low key one of my favorite centers in the entire league.
0: I love watching Yanni Gord, dude.
1: Dude, he forechecks hard. He's fast as shit. He can score. Like, that guy can literally do anything and play in any situation. Like, if the Bruins were able to ever land him, I would be ecstatic, stoked. I'd be stoked.
0: Yeah. No, I'd be – he's fun to watch. And, like, you know, Goodrow as well is fun to watch. Like, those – Not anymore. It's They're different players, man. Like, Genoa is a big group. Like, those guys were fast. They could
1: score. They could forecheck. They could just kill you with hits. Like – that line played so hard, man. Yeah, like that's a line that was so instrumental to their success.
0: A hundred percent, dude. And yeah, it's a, it's a player I'd like to have on my team. Thinking about it right now, although I'm I'm happy with what you know we've seen from Freddie, JVR, you know the the bottom six guys. I'm I'm thrilled with it. So um,
1: I do think a flip is. I do think a script has been flipped though. So like also, so all summer. All you heard was Bruins need a center. The Bruins need a center. Every center that was available or potentially available was linked to Boston. I mean, they could have had – if the Islanders wanted to trade Pajot, it would have been like, oh, the Bruins could use him. It's like, why would the Bruins use him? He's basically Charlie Coyle 2.0. They don't need that. But any center was linked. I think this team could use another scoring winger if it doesn't pick up. Because at 5-on-5, five five, man, so ironically against Toronto, they've scored the same amount of goals. Toronto, a third of their goals have been scored on the power play. 5-on-5 five five scoring for the Bruins is not nearly as lethal as it was last year. It's not supposed to be, given the names that have dropped. But I think if you don't see, like, an uptick in maybe scoring, maybe seeing DeBrusket going, adding a scoring winger is – not something i would hesitate to do well what's interesting
0: too is the fact that they moved zaka to that left wing and i i was really interested by that because he looked he actually looked really good at the end of that game playing on the wing
1: he's comfortable wing he can he can play wing and he did last year too
0: so and you know having the emergence of patra has given them that flexibility right like you said Mm -hmm. it is, yeah. You're looking, I'm looking at the lines right now, and obviously, we're going through some injuries and stuff. But for left wings, we're talking Zaka, Heinen, JVR, and Beecher right now. Typically, that'd be Milan Lucic's spot. Yeah. Right? Same on the right side, Pasta, Debrusque, Freddie, and Oscar Steen. That typically be Lauko. dude. If you you're exactly right, you add one more like top six winger, even not even, dude. Say like another like third a uh, uh, third line ish, right? That can also you want
1: you want somebody that can maybe play middle six, bottom six. Like if you don't want to add a top line because you have like Brad Marchand and you have David Poshnak, that's fine. I totally get that. Yeah, but well, having like a, a second line winger or maybe a third line, someone that can kind of do both, go for it. Yeah, See what's it, out there. Just Don't give me Connor Garland. Oh, don't get Sully going, dude. I don't want don't don't give me Connor Garland. That that yeah. is essentially another like Trent Frederick to me. Like that's a similar player, a a, a kid, a guy that can kind of chip in, but like, what's he going to give you? I, I looking at it now, it's like so
0: Jake DeBrus is coming up on his con. You know, he's all he's due for a contract at the end of the year. So it's like, you know, obviously while they're still competing, they're not going to move him. That. I, no. I don't think that's in the question. My thought is, obviously, we've had some prospects that are, we'll say, underachieving, right? The Fabian Lysels, the the Merkulovs, the you know, you could uh, you
1: can package Lysell up and go give me a legit winger. I like that if that's really the case, like because obviously this team doesn't want to like rebuild or retool. You don't necessarily have to to a degree, but you but add to it like. Enter, add to this new wave, and, and you'll have the money next summer. A loaded free agency class, but if you got to make a move, make a move. Yeah, I agree. Dude. See what, see what, see what's out there. I mean, don't, don't go get like uh, Lars Eller. Like, don't fucking do that. Go get like, and nothing against Eller. He's actually a really good player, but it's not a player you add to this team.
0: Yeah, I. So obviously, with the season that this dudes that I'm about to bring up, it. Based on what he's doing, and especially last night, Eli- Elias Petterson. He was a guy at the end of the year. I didn't really know what direction Vancouver was taking, right? So for me, I thought he was the shoe in for the captaincy, right? Like I so thought did I, I against
1: Quinn. I just I honestly yeah. thought we were gonna go Petterson. He I think the whole Horvat advocated for it too. Right. So so I'm like, oh shit, like is there like
0: trouble in paradise? Like it's kind of like kind of weird dude that he's just I, I don't know but then all of a sudden man he he's absolutely lighting it up. And we knew he had that in him. How it cost a lot for a package. Right. So I'm like he is a guy that can you imagine getting that as a 1C dude? I but I I can't see Vancouver ever moving him.
1: I forgot who said it in the space. I think I forget his Twitter name. The Army Bear, Army something.
0: I've seen, yeah. Actually, so, I think he's in our fantasy, our fantasy
1: hockey league, dude. So he, so he was in the space too, and he's like, "Man, go get me Elias Patterson. package Lasalle, send whatever first. Go get me that guy. You you trade these prospects for a legit one C." And I'm like, "I don't hate that. You have the money to pay a, He's his next contract's going to be at least ten.
0: Oh, it'll be more than that, man. Especially with the cap going up as much as it is." A 1C that's still under 20. He, I believe he's going to be
1: 24.
0: Yeah, under 26. I'm thinking like 12 and a half if I had to guess. He just
1: broke 100 points last year. He's going to get like David knock money.
0: Right. And I, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, I would love that, but I just can't see Vancouver moving on from I think, honestly, they, if they find a way.
1: Yeah, they'll find a way, man. And honestly, they're, they're, they've they been fun to watch. Well, Quinn but- Hughes even said it, too. Like, you know, he, he kind of came out and was like, we need to figure it out. Like, we're not really kids anymore. So, yeah. it's like, if you're trying to take that next step, like, you want that guy helping lead the way.
0: Yeah, no, 100%. Like, they're they're in a good spot. Like, they were fun to watch. I watched them last night. And, uh, yeah, they like I said, Patterson was lighting it up. Hughes Hughes is Hughes. We know we know what we're getting he's fucking gross. Um JT Miller, man, was was kind of a hothead. It was kind of funny to watch. He's you always know. been that way though. Good yeah. player though. He plays with that bite, which I like, you know. He was, you know, he got a minor penalty and then he started freaking barking at the record. Right? <laughs> Another minor and it's like, dude, this dude's a fucking but um I don't know if you've had the chance to watch any uh college hockey this year. I you know obviously this is our first pod together and we are kind of still learning uh i don't know if you've had the chance to watch any college hockey there was some
1: i've seen up. i've seen highlights i haven't been able to like super tune in i actually just found out that you can watch the games on ESPN plus yeah so i'm like okay like i can actually tune to college hockey and then there's like five NHL games on and i'm trying to write so i literally just turn on as many NHL games on as my tvs allow yeah, dude,
0: so this past week I got to go watch um, BC versus Michigan State at the Conte Forum. That was a good game. Oh, my God, man. This, I hadn't seen him, but Will Smith, Ryan Leonard, and Gabe Perot, man. They, I was mind-blown. They had a – and honestly, their power play, too. You add Cutter – so we also saw Cutter Gauthier, right? They're all on a unit together and I'm just watching them friggin' buzz around, dude. I'm like, what is happening? And (laughs) I I get, you know, I get really into it. talking, you know, when, when Mikey and I would talk, you know, college hockey and it's like the state of college hockey right now. It's so much, dude. I mean, every single week you're seeing highlight real goals. There are legitimate stars in college hockey right now. You know, like again, I brought it up last week too, and it's like most likely the first three picks in this year's draft are going to be—they're coming coming from college hockey. Yeah, two of which are going to come from the same school. Obviously, Cole Eiserman hasn't played a game at BU yet, committed there. Macklin Celebrini is got to be the favorite for the Hobie Baker right now. Like what he's doing there as a freshman, we haven't seen since another another freshman at BU, Jack Eichel. He's just fucking Mm -hmm. insane, dude. Like, Isn't he
1: projected it, to go, like, first overall this year? He's projected to go
0: one, so I'm, like, I'm looking at – we were looking at it last week, like, where he could possibly go. And, obviously, San like – Dude, you know who at the time well, –
1: it's a draft lottery, so I don't know. But, like, San Jose sucks. They're, they're so bad.
0: They're junk, dude. And But, you know what's crazy is when we looked last week and it was, like, a live reaction on, like, while we were talking. But literally the second worst team – the Edmonton Oilers. Can you imagine, dude? I I'm fucking, I'm sick of the of the Oilers getting these guys. Like
1: <laughs> I'm sick of hey, the- it. Would, it, would, it would convince McDavid to be happy, I guess. <laughs> dude, but but even then like
0: Chicago was right below them. Pittsburgh so that-
1: Pittsburgh's actually not that far uh, if you looked at it now cuz they're 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 like last in the East.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna pull it up now because honestly, um Probably a lot's changed in a week. A lot well, oh, that's what I'm saying. Like, let's see these standings, dude, the league. So right now the worst oh yeah, it's changed significantly. So now we're talking San Jose,
1: oh eight and one. Oh my god. They they historically they said it on chicklets, like they historically could be one of the worst teams just in history like What's, they're they are so bad. Like that roster is bad. Like, I'm trying to like give them.
0: I'm excited for their future, right? Like they have a lot of players that they've drafted who I know a decent amount about that they're gonna be exciting. not
1: anytime soon. No, they got a couple of years. if they if they can get like a good pick this year, you know probably suck get another one next year like they could have a decent like they could be like the Arizona Coyotes be just be like they have you have these young kids that are just really fun to watch
0: well and you know i what I, what i kind of what it reminds me of is in a few years you're going to see San Jose looking like these three teams in the Atlantic that that i just talked about right Buffalo Detroit Ottawa those three teams dude have had top draft picks you know go through the list dude of anyone and they hit else. on him and they hit and i think san jose is kind of trending in the same direction right if they, they could hit then, yeah. then william got like drafted really high he's last he's, year, he's got some talent he, you're looking at i would say probably a 1c at that point for him i mean that's mm-hmm. probably his you know his ceiling. his ceiling um will smith got drafted first round last dude, year dude that was a good pick great pick quentin musty Got drafted. I I want to say it was twenty sixth. The fact that he fell to twenty sixth from Sudbury, dude, he's unbelievable talent. I couldn't believe when he got drafted and they announced his name. I literally thought he was already gone. Yeah. I because he was projected fit, top fifteen at least. Well, right? the
1: fact that like like I, I mean, I was I was like fairly knowledgeable with the prospects in. This draft because I got a buddy he he covers the he covers like prospects like that's what he writes about and I would like go over all his stuff and it's like when Zach Benson fell I was like Jesus fucking Christ like how the f-? I'm like how the f-? but then I'm like looking at this entire draft and I'm like it, all these good players are gonna fall because th- there's so many of them
0: and it's also a difference in how teams evaluate these guys right. You know, obviously there, there's a completely different way that one team is going to look at a guy like Zach Benson, right? Well,
1: yeah, that, and that's like how drafts go. They're just a crapshoot. Like, I mean, you really never know how a draft is going to go. Like,
0: yeah, y- like,
1: you, you know, yeah, just and, the way
0: it is. Yeah, you know, and what's crazy is like these hearing these like draft stories, man. Like, obviously the last Chicklets they had Logan Cooley on. That was a good interview. Listen to, yeah, that. it was it was awesome, man. Like they're they always kill it, and um. He was talking about it, man. He was like, yeah, like, I thought I was going to Philly. Like, I don't know if you heard, like, so they it was, like, 20 minutes or something before they were trying to trade up. Like, can you imagine that core with Logan? Like, what they've got going on right now and add a Logan Cooley to that. It's, like,
1: one little piece like dude, that. just imagine. imagine, Dude, imagine Logan Cooley and, like, Mitch Koff eventually. I would – my condolences sent to the Metro, dude. Like, That's I hate, true. I, I don't like Philly. I don't really like Philly, but it's the league is more fun when they're good.
0: Yeah, like, and honestly, so I was, I was stationed pretty close to Philly, like in Delaware. So yes. I got, I got, you know, I got the opportunity to go to a lot of ga- Philly games. They are passionate, man. Like, dude, I
1: Philly is
0: like it's a sick setup too, though. Like, kind of getting yeah. off, off topic. No, you're good. That setup that they got going with like the football field, the base, you know, the baseball yeah. field. Literally obviously well, you know, Wells Fargo, they got the Flyers and Um 76ers playing. It's a six setup.
1: And, and Sh- I think Shukri was there for like games – well, I forgot what game of like the NLCS or whatever. And yeah. he just like showed up. I'm like, dang, like shit is so close, but it's yeah. such a cool vibe. But dude. I, I don't care what anybody says. Best atmosphere is Citizens Bank Park. That is the most electric sports really? atmosphere I think I've ever seen. Really? Dude, I would like – like, I almost want to, like, run through a fucking wall when they <laughs> when they play. Like, that is the most animated crowd yeah, like I've heard through my TV. And the only other time I heard, like, a super animated crowd through my TV – was when Zdeno Char had a broken jaw and they like cheered My his God. name. That <laughs> was like deafening. Like it was nuts, man. That was
0: that was chilling, dude. I I still think back on shit like that. That dude was an animal.
1: But I I I miss Char. I get sad. I I I, I miss dude. I miss Bergeron, dude. Like I I actually was sad for. Like, I felt like someone died.
0: It it's sad, man. Like I like I knew I was. Coming. Like, Dude, and, and you know what's crazy is you're know, kind of talking about Bergeron. The comparisons and like the things that have happened to Matthew Patra, like that are similar to Bergeron. It's so
1: it's it's and crazy. it's like I, I hate it for him because it's like he wants to be his own person. You know, like let him be his own person. Like uh, Berge and Aaron said it like very well on their show, and I do agree. Just like you know, the parallels are really great to see. But it's like just let Potra be his own person. Like, don't put those shoes on him. Yeah. Because that is so hard to do. Like what Patrice Bergeron did for twenty years. That is super hard to replicate. Like, there's not gonna be another Bergeron. It's just yeah. not. You know, and and it's and I'm glad Potra's worked out. I'm happy he, he's he gets to still be with the team. He deserves it. You know he's been great since day one, but do not put that on that kid, man. Like, let him be himself. Like, let him be the player that he can be, not yeah, Mister Selkie.
0: Yeah, no, I agree, dude. Like, obviously, I think, I think it's kind of died down a little bit, right? Like, I think, yeah, every single game that he plays, obviously, you know, fans are excited to see him. Well, it
1: was like the California trip. It's like, oh, he scored his first goal in California. Well, guess who else did? It's like, all right, really? Yeah. Like, oh, that was me. <laughs> I'm but, like, man, are we like are we really gonna go here? Like
0: Yeah, dude. It was yeah, I think it's died down a little bit and I think yeah. as, as the season goes on, as he plays more hockey, it's it's gonna settle, right? It's gonna be yeah. gonna become like a normalcy that he's in the lineup, but he's here to stay. He ain't going anywhere. I think no. it's gonna die down. The expectations you're kinda even seeing it about Bradard, man, like even Social media, like you're not seeing. Oh but Connor Bedard shot the puck today. Here's a video. Like, yeah. you know, it, it's starting to die down a little bit, which is good. You know, the season's getting rolling, but yeah, no, I agree, dude. Like, let him be his own person. Like, he's gonna pave his own way. He's gonna make yeah. his own path, and he, he, we're happy to have him. Like, he, thank God, he fucking panned out, man, because he completely washed away the the idea that we need another center. Right? Like, we're not even talking
1: about that right now.
0: Well, yeah, Actually, we don't, we
1: don't need to, there's, there's enough flexibility on this roster and that's what he provides. Like without him, like I'm not saying, it's burnt, left not saying it's burnt toast, but I mean, you got, you got probably Morgan geeky centering your third line.
0: Yeah, no. And, and that's, what's, you know, you, you said it best. He provides that flexibility. We get to move Zaka back to the left, the left wing, where he had a great year last year, dude. Yeah. You know, it's exciting. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, Pumped about it, pumped about tomorrow. I'm gonna to be in the building. So super fired up about
1: that. But uh yeah. Yeah, I gotta pray I gotta I gotta pray for no injuries come April. Oh man. Like it's, it's usually it's usually my luck, like so I don't know if you know this. Like I don't live in Massachusetts. No, I know. Yeah, I live in North Carolina. Yeah. What so, I was um, gonna ask you, what part do you live I'm in? I'm in um I'm up by like App State.
0: Oh, so you're like
1: I'm in the mountains.
0: Yeah. My buddy I'm, lives I'm more out west. So one of my close buddies that's you know in my wedding and stuff, yeah. he's right outside of Holly. So we went we went and visited him. Yeah. And taking us to a Hurricanes Bruins game, which yeah. was like those they fucking hate the Bruins there, dude. Like
1: it was the crazy. Fans are, the fans the fans for the most part are pretty like like I, I have yet to actually like meet like a like a real dickhead there. Like, if you, you, you on the internet, you get some like real dumbasses, but like in person, they're some of the nicest people that you'll meet. Yeah. I only had
0: one run in with one dude. I was wearing a Halsey jersey. And, uh, he, man, he was just fuck all night, dude. He was giving it, you know, usually I can kind of just fucking ignore you, but like, I'm like walking down, man. We just lost like 6 1. or it, We got blown out of the water. Like, and I'm just, I'm just, wait, get- what year? This is weird. What year was it? It was last year. It was last year. Let me pull it I up. I
1: went to I went to both games. Yeah, we got blown out, didn't? Or maybe it was two years ago. Now, wait, no, wait, was it? Um, I think it was, was it? The one where Jarvis like blew by Carlo and just went bar down on fucking Olmark. I'm pretty sure because I'm like almost positive it was last year. Um, it, until yeah, was, the, un, until when Pasternak scored his fiftieth. Like, this past year, like, every time I go, they lose.
0: Yeah, dude, well, that's, like, the same thing. Well, Boos, Boosie, when Boosie goes, usually they get fucking, they lose. He's yeah. on a tear right now, 2-0, and so it's, like, hopefully, you know, we can keep that up. I'm look, I'm curious now because I'm trying to find that game. What does it say?
1: Because they I, they came down twice last year. They won one in a shootout, and they got fucking the doors blown off of them in one of them. I'm pretty sure it was like a 4-1, 5-1 game. Like, it's just been.
0: Oh, uh, let me see. Carolina. Carolina. I don't even remember when. I don't remember what month it was. But, yeah, they got blown out. I
1: remember. Whenever they're here, I go.
0: And this dude was just, like, giving it to me, right? Like, like, dude, like, I get it, right? I, I get it. Finally, man, I'm like, he's, like, following me out. Finally, I just turn around. Yeah, like, walking behind me, like, still, like, finally, I'm like, I come back to, and I'm like, is this dude still talking to me? I, like, look behind me, and he's just, like, talking in the back of
1: my head. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I was like, dude, who are you talking to? Like, yeah, yeah, I haven't haven't had that type of run-in. He was
0: waffled, though, so I was like, ah, you know what, like, that's, that's why. But, yeah, uh, other than that, man, it was a lot of fun, like, uh. Trying to think of where else we went in North Carolina. What's the what's the city right now? Charlotte? No, Durham. Durham. We went to this cool like uh like arcade bar in uh nice in Durham. It was pretty cool. I mean it was like, you know, clean city, whatever. It was good.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Um but yeah, that you know, that pretty much wraps up episode nineteen of uh Drop the Mids Hockey Podcast brought to you in the part.
1: Johnny Beecher part. Podcast, baby. The Johnny
0: Beecher episode, man, and uh who's still searching for his first goal. Um,
1: you know, scoring is going to be like a scoring by committee. Cause the finishing ability is among some of the worst in the conference, let alone the league. Yes, yeah, So dude. it's just gonna come with time.
0: Yeah. I'm going to speak a, uh, Johnny Beecher goal into existence, uh, tomorrow against Toronto. Um, but yeah, so again, that, that wraps up episode 19, uh, brought to you in partnership with primetime productions. Um, Tommy, man, I, I can't thank you enough. I'm, I'm happy yeah, to, no problem, man. Uh, on the pod. And obviously, you know, things didn't work out with Sully. Still, you know, still buddies. And, you know, he's going to focus on his Something's Brewing podcast, which they do a great job of. Um, and, and happy to start off this, uh this journey with you, bro.
1: Right back at you, man. Happy to be here. Happy to talk hockey and just enjoy the ride.
0: Awesome, man. We'll, uh, we'll see you next time. We actually got a really exciting interview um, for you guys um, from the national development program, uh, Brody Zemer. Um, He's unreal talent um, committed to the university of Minnesota. um, Having a great year this year. So hope you guys enjoy this interview. Uh, Take care guys. Welcome back to another episode of drop the mitts hockey podcast brought to you in partnership with primetime productions Um, We have an awesome guest here today um, from the U.S. National Development Program, um, Brody Zemer. I hope I'm saying your last name right, dude. I was trying to look it up, like the pronunciation, but they didn't have it anywhere, so I I hope I'm pronouncing it right.
2: Yep, you got it.
0: How you doing, man? Good to to, uh, have you on. It's uh, honestly an honor of ours, so definitely happy to have you. How you doing?
2: I'm good. Uh, Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
0: Yeah, of course, man. I know you're, you know, you're getting ready for a long trip. Uh, you're not a long trip, but uh, a trip over to uh, Norway. Uh, how you feeling about that, man? That's exciting. You ever been over, uh, over there?
2: Uh, no, this will be my first time. Um, yeah, obviously super pumped. Um, it's the first one of the year for us. So we're really excited.
0: Yeah, man. So talk to us about how the season's been going so far. You've had like a, you know, a wide variety of games and competition, uh, Talk to us about how the season's been going, how the season's been going for you, and just, you know, the team as a whole as well.
2: Yeah, um, we've had we've had some good games. We've had some bad ones. Um, I think we're still trying to figure that out. We're still, um, you know, trying to figure out how to play in the hard games, but um, I think this week's going to be really big for us with that, so excited to get it going.
0: Yeah, man, so for, for a lot of our listeners that that don't know, typically we have, like, college kids on. Um NHL guys but talk to us about like what what the day-to-day lifestyle is right playing for the national development program because it's a little bit different of a route right it's it's a little bit different than um you know going you know the juniors or you know going straight to college so talk to us about what you know your day-to-day lifestyle is like and then uh you know that balance between hockey and like your personal life as well
2: yeah um so I mean it starts off in the morning we'll come in we'll do school for a little bit um, then we'll go downstairs, we'll warm up, then we skate and then we'll lift after. And yeah, I mean, uh, obviously it's a little different living away from your families at this age, but I mean, we have each other, um, you know, we like to hang out with each other after, after the days. And I mean, sometimes you just like to have a uh, little time to yourself. So after the long days.
0: Yeah. So yeah. Talk to us a little bit more about that, like brotherhood you guys have on, you know, that you guys have going, cause I've talked to a few other kids that have played you know throughout the years and they you know that's one of the biggest things they talk about right is that brotherhood you guys have um you're away from home you're a young man um probably first time away from home for for a lot of you guys um living with host family so yeah talk to us about that brotherhood and uh you know you know that bond you have with your teammates
2: yeah i think that's a huge part of it i mean it's not easy moving away from your home um you know, it's there's there's a lot of goods and goods and bads your first year here, and I think just the guys on the team are a huge part of, of keeping you kind of in the moment, and and I mean they're they're always there for you. I've I've had some moments where I where I need someone, I need to talk to someone, and and I can go to them like like you said, they're we're brothers here. It's it's a super special group that that we have. Yeah, man, and and
0: honestly, just as going back to the hockey piece of things, you've had some crazy competition this year. Like obviously, you got a chance to play against. You know Boston University, who going into this year, a lot of people had as the you know number one team, you know, and rightfully so, with all the talent they have. and you guys went in and waxed them. And talk to us about what what it was like playing against those guys, that older competition, you know and in, in that team, and how you guys were able to kind of come together and uh, and take them down.
2: Yeah, I think um a huge part of that was was uh, everybody was going that game. I mean, the power play was kicking our penalty kill was good. Our goalie had a really really good game. Um I mean it was just a really cool atmosphere for for our whole team. Uh you know with the band and everything. It was it was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, man, you must be ready to uh to get over to uh Minnesota, right, man? Because hockey's even crazier out there too, right?
2: Yeah, I mean uh, it gets pretty rowdy, yeah. Pretty uh good student section.
0: Yeah, what what would you say is the craziest barn you've ever played in? Like craziest atmosphere, craziest fans. What would you say?
2: I think BU was pretty sweet. I mean, it was it was pretty pretty uh pretty full. They were excited to see Iserman and, and Hudson play, so it was it was pretty packed. Yeah,
0: dude, that, and that's insane that they're going to be getting you know Cole next year. Like that's insane. It it kind of came out of left field, dude. Like all of a sudden, I like looked on my phone and saw that he was now going to BU. So did he uh did he talk to you about that decision at all? Because obviously he was committed to Minnesota and kind of flipped, right? He's from you know he's from Mass, so did did, uh, did he talk to any of you guys about that decision beforehand? kind of came out of nowhere?
2: uh yeah he let me know that he was he was making that decision and um, you know I'm proud of him for it. it's it's not an easy decision to make and um, you know it took a lot of thought from him and and uh, yeah like I said I'm I'm proud of him. I mean it doesn't matter where he goes he's gonna he's gonna be Cole Eiserman anywhere so
0: yeah for sure dude and obviously you know kind of going back you grew up in uh, Carver, Minnesota. Um, you're committed to play at the university of Minnesota, um, growing up in that area, obviously you've had some unbelievably talented hockey players come through or come through there. Some incredibly talented teams. Did you have a favorite player growing up, um, that you kind of tried to emulate your game after?
2: Yeah. Um, I think why well, I, I really liked Nick Bukestead like early, early days when, when I was a little guy going and watching the That's Gophers. True. Um, back when they had that wagon of a team, uh, he was, he was one of my favorites.
0: Yeah, dude. He, I I remember he was freaking insane. Like, and he's a big boy too, you know? Like,
2: yeah,
1: yeah,
0: he was, he was so good. Um, are there any like current players now that you kind of watch and, and you see, you know, a little bit of yourself in those guys?
2: Uh, yeah. I think, um, I'm kind of similar to Tyler Toffoli. I mean, he scores a, a good amount of his goals around the blue paint. That's, that's kind of what my game is. Um, yeah, heavy game, physical.
0: Yeah, talk about a guy who's ripping it up right now, dude. He's he's having an unbelievable year. Um, that's, a, that's a really good comparison, man, because I was watching some of your highlights, and that's actually a phenomenal comparison. I didn't even think of, um, of that. But kind of want to take you back a little bit before um, the National Development Days. Um, you had two unbelievable seasons at uh, Shattuck-St. Mary's. I mean, we were just texting about it, man, like – You know, you you give credit to your, you know, your teammates and which is unbelievably um, humble, right? When you score 108 and 109 points. Um, Talk to us about what it was like playing at, you know, Shattuck. Obviously, it's a program with like tons of tradition. Some unbelievably talented guys have come through there, including yourself. Um, Talk to us about that program, right? I mean, we hear about it all the time. But uh, what was it like playing there?
2: Yeah. I mean, it was, it was awesome. My freshman year there, there was COVID. So it was, it was, you know, we were all on the same floor. Like our team was so tight that year. I mean, pretty much just played hockey that year. There wasn't a lot of school it was kind of online. Um, What's better yeah I, mean, <laughs> um, yeah. I got to go up against Iserman, Celebrini, Aiden Park, Will Scahan, John Whipple, Drake Murray every day like that was that was a huge piece of development for me I think Um, and then my next year there um, got to play with John Whipple Christian Epperson again Um, had another really good year as a team got second Um, yeah I mean that place is awesome for for kids who want to take their game to the next level and and I think like another thing is I I grew as a person a ton there as well I mean you live away from home you got to manage your classes and school and and hockey and all that stuff. It's, it's, um it's an awesome spot.
0: Yeah. And, and that kind of leads into my next question. Like, you know, how did you kind of balance that? Right. Obviously you had to focus on school. You just brought up, you know, obviously the COVID year was a little bit different, right. Or yeah. It was mostly hockey, but you know, being such a young man, like how did you kind of take it upon yourself to, to find that balance and, you know, be able to get everything done?
2: Yeah, I think it's just, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's just, having that maturity and, and knowing that you you have homework due on whatever it is, Thursday, you got it, you got to do it. Otherwise, um, you know, it's going to build up and you're just going to become stressed and then takes away from the hockey part. And, you know, it's, that's definitely not something you want.
0: Yeah. And kind of going back to the hockey piece of things, you mentioned some, some pretty, pretty elite names, right? Some, some competition that you got to play against on a, uh, on a daily basis. But, Uh, Tell us what what that did playing against those guys did for your development. Like what obviously playing against those kind of guys. And I'm sure that, you know, they probably say the same about you, right? Like being able to go against talent like you and and all those other guys you mentioned, like how big was that for your development?
2: Yeah, it was huge. I mean, not only are they super, super talented, but they work really hard. So, I mean, going against them and whatever it was, a one on one or. Or just a two-on-two battle drill, like they're they're giving it their all, and and if you want to compete against them, you got to give, yeah, I mean, as much as much or even more than they are. So it's it was huge for me.
0: Yeah, and so kind of you know, obviously this year is pretty still pretty early in the in the season, right? This off season, were there any areas in your game that you really wanted to focus on improving? Um, and then to caveat off that, what would you say some of your biggest strengths are in your game?
2: Yeah, I think this summer I, I spent a lot of time on my skating and and just my strength overall. Um, that was something I kind of at the end of last year I talked to the coaches about. It. That's something I need to focus on, and, and that's what I did. And I thought I took some some good strides this year with that. But um, yeah, I think some of my strengths are just seeing the ice, um, my shot. I think I think I can get it off quick and and uh, you know surprise the goalies a little bit. And yeah, I think just my my compete level.
0: Yeah. It's, um. So you're, you know, you're committed to play at, uh, the university of Minnesota for the Gophers, um, being from Minnesota, was it Minnesota all the way? Like, were you always, did you always have that in the back of your mind? Were there any other schools that were involved that kind of, was it, was it close or was it always the Gophers?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, obviously I, I, I was thinking about it. I checked out a couple other schools, but, um, you know, I just grew up wanting to be a Gopher, um living away from home for the last couple of years is uh, I just kind of wanted to get back home and and I mean that place is awesome the coaching staff's unreal so it's a pretty easy decision for me.
0: Yeah I, I can't even imagine especially being like because obviously we're you know I'm from Massachusetts so we got you know the bean pot all that but you watch some of those highlights right of the uh, the Minnesota high school tournament like those crowds are insane and then obviously Going to the college ranks, those Gophers games are just insane. So, like, I can't even imagine what it's like playing in front of that atmosphere. Um, so, obviously, in your twenty twenty four draft eligible, um, so that that'll be this upcoming draft. Um, tell us what for a team that's that's going to draft you. Tell us exactly what they're getting in a guy like Brody Zemer, both on the ice and off the ice.
2: Um, yeah, I think they're getting a guy who can play anywhere in the lineup. Um. Penalty kill can be net front on the power play. Um, I think you're getting a leader, uh, someone who's just willing to do the little things. Um, yeah, there. So um,
0: obviously, you know, it's a it's going to be an honor wherever you go, right? Because um, just you know, just getting a draft, you know, just getting drafted, you're part of that elite group, right? Like you're the best of the best. Are there any teams that you're kind of like would be starstruck to kind of go to and be, you know, have the chance to play for that team? Or, or you know, obviously the the right answer, you're, you'd be honored wherever you go. But in the back of your mind, do you have you have a couple teams that you'd love to go uh, kind of play for?
2: Yeah, I mean, like you said, getting drafted anywhere would be would be unreal. But um, obviously, I'm a Minnesota boy. Uh, favorite team is the Wilds growing up. That would be. Pretty sweet to play for them. The XL energy centers unreal. Uh, the crowd's always good. So I think that'd be pretty, pretty cool.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I always see videos of them, you know, like when their goal horn goes off, obviously it just looks absolutely electric. I got to make it down there. Um, but yeah, man, that's, that's pretty much it. Um, I can't thank you enough for coming on and, uh, you know, taking time out of your day. I know you're super busy getting rid of, uh, getting ready for Norway. Um, but honestly, we wish you the best of luck, man. The rest of the year, and obviously, you know, leading up to the combine, and then obviously the draft. We hopefully we can hear from you before then, and uh, you know, we wish you nothing but the best, and uh, you know, take care. But
2: yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate
0: it. Of course, man. Thank you again. That is episode nineteen of Drop the Mitts Hockey Podcast with Brody Zemer, um, forward for the U.S. National Development Program. Um, unbelievably talented, talented kid. Um, unbelievable player and even, you know, even better off the ice. So can't thank him enough for coming on and, uh, we'll see you guys next time. Take care.